You're listening to Brainwaves on WRBB 104.9 FM. My name is Caleb Dreisman. Podcasting has grown over the past 10 years to be a media powerhouse. Many believe that podcasting will kill off radio. However, many podcasts, including this one, are run by radio stations. Why is that? Are podcasts and radio more cooperative than competitive? To answer this, I sat down for a chat with Matt Colette. Colette is an executive producer at WNYC Studios and has worked on multiple podcasts and radio shows. He earned his undergraduate degree at Northeastern and his master's at Columbia. Some of his work includes the Washington Post's Post Reports and WNYC's Trump Inc., as well as WNYC's Free Shakespeare on the Radio. Enjoy. So I wanted to get started with actually talking a bit about you um, before we dive into things, basically. So you're currently, um, if I'm not mistaken, the, an executive producer at WNYC. You're undergrad at Northeastern University and then got your master's at Columbia. And I was just wondering how you exactly got from uh, graduating with that master's to the position you're currently in. Yeah, so I graduated uh I graduated from Northeastern. I studied journalism and political science in 2009, so which was like the peak of the recession. And I worked in print. I did writing. Uh, but I kind of the whole time was I would be, you know, like taking the train or driving around to different assignments and finding myself way more interested in the radio stuff I was listening to. Uh, there was this moment which like there was this moment where I was like, I'm pretty sure I've listened to every episode of This American Life. But the only way I could be totally sure was to just like start at the beginning and work my way through, which was only when, I don't know, there were far fewer than there were now. Uh, so this was like a decade ago, but it was still a couple hundred episodes. And, you know, it was like that Radio Lab 99% Invisible podcast boom had not really even started. When I was in undergrad, I didn't really even know that that was like a job. I don't really think for many people it was a job. So, um, but it started becoming more and more of a thing that you could start to work in. And I was like, I really wanted to learn it. I started, you know, making some recordings on my own, editing and audacity, but I also kind of wanted to sort of jumpstart my career. Uh, I wanted to sort of really dive into this. And so I uh, started enrolled at Columbia and I did a master's, master of science program there. Um, and I took basically every radio and podcasting course they have. At the same time, starting in the spring semester, I started interning in the newsroom at WNYC and I worked, you know, first on just like a bunch of small things, uh, a lot of interny type stuff, uh, but learned just a lot. And at the same time, I was in this course at the J School called Radio Workshop, where every week you put on like a live, all things considered style broadcast where you rotated through all the jobs and you had to do like four enterprise feature stories over the course of the semester, plus a handful of day stories. And I kind of realized talking to my advisor talking to my boss at WNYC that I could kind of synergize this and I could pitch things for kind of to both places at once and I could pitch things to the newsroom and to school and I could make them for school first and then I could kind of turn them around and adapt them for the radio. Um, After I graduated there, I had a fellowship year at Columbia where I worked uh, doing education reporting and it was sort of the same thing. I did education reporting for this fellowship, uh, and then sort of paired up with the education editor at WNYC. And I was like, hey, do you want these stories? And we were able to sort of plan out the kind of stuff I was working on. And then I sort of freelanced around for a bit and 
uh, WMYC was hiring for this. It was right after Serial launched, and there was this idea like, hey, let's make, uh, we should make our own serialized podcast. And people were like, it being, it, this feels like just extremely public radio, uh, but they were like, Columbia University has a terrible football team. Uh, and so it was just kind of odd. I went from Columbia to then doing a show about it. But uh, they were like, let's try to make a serialized podcast about this terrible football team as they tried to get better. They hired the worst team in the league or they hired the best coach in the league to turn around the worst team in the league. Uh, and so that sort of sprung me into WMYC. It was a show that, you know, we ran for, uh, you know, one one football season basically by two, a reporter and a producer who didn't know much about football. Uh, but in doing that, I learned just an enormous amount about how basically all parts of the building worked. I worked with basically everybody. And that was around the same time they were launching... WMYC Studios, the new podcast wing, and uh, I became a staff producer there, and I've mostly been uh, been there on staff since then. I had a brief diversion at the Washington Post, and then I returned. Okay, yeah, because I when um when I first met you, you were actually uh, working at the Washington Post, and uh, it was interesting to see you going back to WNYC. Um, so this is something that was I think is interesting to me because obviously we've got podcasting, which is a very new medium. It's sort of coming out of uh, pretty much nowhere over the past 10 years to become something that a lot of people listen to. Um, and you see that a lot of organizations are picking it up and like building it themselves. So I was wondering, why does WNYC, which is a radio organization, have a podcasting department? WNYC, as far as I know, was actually one of the first places to really make podcasts. Uh, back when it was radio shows dropping their their shows into the feed. I think on the media was one of the very first radio lab, you know, very immediately uh, kind of burst onto the scene in podcasting. And I think, you know, the jobs that we do aren't defined by the fact that the station has licenses to, you know, AM and FM transmitters, but really we're audio journalists and audio storytelling. And the same way that we, you know, do the station does really great work for the radio. It was also an opportunity to really, to really make something entirely new. Uh, so uh, it's a different form, but they're, you know, really inherently linked and we work together really closely and we wind up sort of surfing back and forth. I collaborate with people in the newsroom. I've worked on projects for the radio. People in the newsroom have worked on projects for podcasting. So it's sort of that there are some shows that are for the radio. There are some shows that are for podcasts. There's some shows that kind of live in the middle for both, but uh, it's really like was a really natural growth out of a place that has been telling radio storytelling, doing radio storytelling for a really long time to start to, to, to just move into a new medium. But other than that, it's not really an entirely new form. So what differs a story from being a radio story versus a podcasting story versus something that's like in the middle? I think, I mean, if you're working on the radio, uh, there's this idea that, you know, somebody could turn on the radio at any minute. So, you have to, there's oftentimes you'll hear on a radio show and we're talking to so-and-so they're telling us about this. You kind of are resetting quite a bit. You also have to fit into the clock, which is the way that we work with local stations work with NPR. So you're sort of, there's this dance back and forth of hitting a bunch of time posts and sort of, it's really time sensitive. Uh, and then I think a podcast is a lot about, you know, everybody starts at the beginning and moves forward through a story. Uh, so it's kind of like, I think of it sometimes as like getting on a theme park ride and everybody boards at the same place. Most of the time, everybody gets off at the same place. Uh, 
And so you're sort of just telling a story that that you can kind of dig in a little deeper. You can spend some more time. You can kind of focus on narrative a little more than just like, I've got to tell you a couple of things in four minutes. A lot of really good four-minute radio stories or seven-minute radio stories also do that same thing of of telling a story. But I think uh, podcasts can really sort of let you like marinate. Uh, and you're just sort of not tied to any specific place. You know, we can talk you know, tell stories with national, international importance, we can, you know, really get into, uh, get into stories in a way that, that is really unique to the medium sometimes. Yeah, it sounds like um, podcasting gives a lot more freedom and like ability to build a story and create a narrative. But what are some of then the advantages that radio would have over podcasting? Uh, Radio is like incredible for live. It's, it's the place that you can just start having conversations uh, that that are unfolding in the moment when news is breaking, you know, NPR, if you turn on right now, is probably carrying impeachment coverage at this moment. And then, you know, there will be plenty of news podcasts that break that down tonight and tomorrow morning. But to just hear it, um, truly my favorite part of WMIC's radio is Brian Lehrer, who's our, our local host from 10 a.m. to noon every day. And people call in and talk to him. And, uh, you know, there are these incredible moments about you know, that just happens spontaneously because New Yorkers are calling in uh, the most sort of electric when back when we were in the building and now on Slack and on Twitter is when Mayor de Blasio calls in. Uh, he has sort of a stand, he has a standing booking with uh, with Lair. And it's just like a chance for New Yorkers to from anywhere in the city, you know, as long as they got a phone, they can call and ask de Blasio a question. And he's, you know, got to do his best to answer. And Brian is there to to push it along and it's got this like electricity and this energy that and it can also be really responsive you know if news changes during the day they can they can pivot if you know a conversation is really interesting they can keep going uh so there's a spontaneity and an electricity that i think exists in radio stuff yeah that's really exciting is there any is it de blasio i'm um, calling up that like stands out for you or is there like some specific moment in radio that you think like really just exemplifies how spontaneous it is and how cool that sort of live feel is i mean i also just think about how you know the all things considered is kind of this daily miracle that jumps between national and local uh you know every day for at least two hours if the news continues to evolve they just continue to to make the show over and over again and it's just these moments that can uh you can just sort of hear exactly what's happening in the country at that moment. Um, I think the other thing that I really like about radio uh, that just has like charms me every time I hear it is now a lot of our hosts are not in the studio, but they're, they're working from their homes and uh, like Rebecca Ibarra is often the host and she will, you know, instead of saying the weather in Central Park is this, she'll sort of say the weather in Bushwick. Uh, Jamie Floyd will say, you know, would say when she was hosting All Things Considered, coming to you from my home in Harlem. And it was this intimacy and connection that I think connected you to a bunch of the parts of the city that, uh, that I, you know, that weren't always there. I think especially during the pandemic, the radio has just sort of stayed on and has been a way to connect people. Um, there's a show on every Sunday night called The United States of Anxiety, which actually made the jump from being a podcast to being a radio show. Uh, and also then doubles feeds back into the podcast, but they have these, you know, vital conversations about often usually about race and the issues around it. And it's sort of people are calling in, they're having 
conversations that are unfolding in in real time, often based on news that may have happened that day, that week, that, you know, that are just sort of of the moment. And I think that's what radio does really well. Yeah. And I appreciate you bring up the, um, the pandemic that's been happening. I mean, obviously it's affecting all of us. And I feel at least um, with my background, with what I'm doing with podcasts, I have a lot of people coming out to me and saying like, oh, I'm doing, I'm listening to a lot more podcasts now, or like, it's got to be like a lot easier for you to be doing um, like podcasts than what other places are doing. And I was just wondering what you feel about like, what are some of the challenges that you feel like podcasting and radio journalism have faced during COVID? I mean, well, I'm just, I am not listening to nearly as much. My commute was my podcast time. And I am just suddenly like, oh, where did all my podcast listening go? Um, except for, you know, the stuff I'm working on. So I'm very jealous of the people who say they're listening more. And that's what, what I've been seeing, fortunately. I think I'm the outlier there. Um, I mean, it's definitely hard to to not be in the same place as your, some of it's the same things everybody else is doing, to not be in the same place as your colleagues, um, to sort of have those conversations outside of meetings, just to sort of get a sense of what people were working on. WMYC has these big open stairs that connect the three main floors. And I just miss running into friends and colleagues who work on different shows. And, you know, I might tell them about something I was working on and they say, you got to call this person. Uh, I know exactly who you should talk to uh, or sharing that around or just sort of having a sense of what was coming out. And so I feel like some of that connection is missing. And then I think there was a bit of a learning curve to figure out like, okay, how are we going to record everybody, you know, not in studios? Um, and, you know, a lot of our recorders had had their own kits. And so we were able to adapt. Uh, fortunately, our IT department is, you know, maybe one of the best in in the country in terms of audio at engineering and sort of helping us build these seamless systems uh, and just, you know, figuring out, okay, how do we set up mobile studios? How do we make it so that people can not just be, you know, podcasting has it easy. Sometimes, you know, you record a conversation, then you mail all the file or email all the files back, Dropbox, Slack, whatever, and then you put it together. Uh, but seeing, you know, what our live colleagues do is just like a monumental feat. Um, then there have been really, you know, Figuring out how to work with guests is really interesting. It used to be, you know, we'd often be like, hey, you know, we might send a producer, we might have somebody come to the studio, or we might do what we call a tape sync, and we'd send a freelancer to somebody's house to record there under the call. So it was sort of like they were in studio quality too. Um, and once in a while, we would be like, hey, can you record your end of the conversation with your iPhone? And it felt like it's a lot easier to get people to sort of do that stuff now. They're used to kind of being their own. IT crew, uh, their own sort of recording engineer. So we're able to get really good sound. It's not just a bunch of phone tape. Um, it's also the like really big challenges. I worked on this project with the public theater, uh, this summer where we adapted Shakespeare in the park into a radio play. And that was, you know, we had about 24 actors ages from like eight to their, someone in her eighties, um, in this big cast producing, a Shakespeare play and uh, on a pretty tight timeline. And we needed to figure out like, you know, if that was in the studio, it would, it would be a big feat, but it wouldn't be that hard. We'd probably use, you know, our event space. We might use a handful of studios and we'd kind of treat it like a stage play. But we, in, you know, June when we recorded it, we couldn't do that. So we assembled a bunch of kits, you know, based on equipment we had equipment that the public theater had. Uh, I got permission to go into the office to sort of sanitize everything, make kits and then drop them off or ship them, you know, socially distance or 
FedExing stuff or whatever. Uh, and then we had, you know, we'd pair people up with, pair the actors up with uh, really talented engineers who had been working on, on the concert and the classical music stuff. And that was a way to, uh, you know, and that was a big challenge, but then we were able to make something really, really special. I mean, we had thousands of files to sync together uh, into what turned into four hours of radio, uh, just terabytes and terabytes of data, or yeah, just an enormous amount of data uh, to put together and then try to make it sound like we had it not just in a studio, but to create a world. And so there's definitely been big challenges, but I also don't know that we would have worked on something like that, you know, with that scale and that ambition if the pandemic hadn't pushed us to to do something entirely new. So shifting uh, topics a little bit back into more of the connections between podcast and radio, I feel like um, I've seen headlines that are sort of pitting podcasting and radio against each other, sort of like, oh, podcasting is going to take over radio. It's going to kill radio. Do you think that has any merit to you? Do you think that's true? Or do you think these two mediums can coexist peacefully? I think like everybody alive has lived through some new piece of media threatening to kill radio, <laughs> uh, from TV, the internet. I think radio is here to stay. Uh, and I think that, you know, for me, radio makes podcasting stronger and it, you know, they feed into each other. Uh, podcasting has, I think helped bring, you know, really interesting storytelling to to the radio i think the a lot of you know especially the public radio field of podcasting is rooted in you know the traditions of what what started at at npr at the pacifica channels uh doing you know just you know taking audio really seriously and so i think that there's you know they're growing together uh, and i think helping each other evolve uh yeah i can't imagine radio is going anywhere. I do think, you know, radio starts to look different. Uh, you know, shows like there are shows that, you know, might wind up on the radio that are actually, you know, intended for a digital audience first. I think you think of the daily, uh, you know, gets chopped up and then fit into a half hour spot in a lot of, uh, a lot of markets, you know, where marketplace used to be, um, in the evenings radio lab, you know, the stories go on on the radio, you especially hear it weeknights on the weekends, but those are, you know, built for a podcast first. And so I think there's a bit of a, a bit of a symbiosis. That definitely makes sense. Um, you touched, you were just touching on this a little bit. Where do you think these fields are going to go in the future? I mean, you, you think radio is definitely here to stay. How do you think podcasting is going to be developing in the next five, 10 years? Uh, I think, you know, we've seen this really big rise of news shows. And I think people are just, you know, have built into their routines. You know, there are a lot of people who are, who are listening, uh, to shows, uh, you know, and it's like, you know, way more than there were even, even five years ago. I don't have to like explain in t explaining my job to, you know, a new person or a relative. I don't have to also explain what a podcast is. So I think it's like, you know, the saturation still, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I still think, you know, is, is growing. Uh, there's, or there's a lot of places to grow still. Uh, I think it's also, you know, there's just, you know, there's the big shows, there's the shows from the big networks, but there's also, you know, just an enormous amount of programs that come from, that come from people, you know, having, you know, reaching communities that might, you know, have had a local radio show, had, you know, something in the public access, something that was really local and can now sort of build communities all over, 
all over the country. I was just sort of thinking, have you watched the Britney Spears documentary yet? Uh, no, not yet. Like a lot of that uh, has to do uh, the New Times documentary. You know, the people interviewed in it are these two young women who ran a podcast about, you know, Britney's Instagram. And that evolved into uh, the sort of free Britney movement. And that that's this kind of niche community that, you know, always lives online one place or another. And I think it's it's a place that, you know, people really found community and then had influence in a way that because it brought together you know, a lot of people from all over. So I think that it's got this like small D democratic way of, uh, of existing. So I think the community building around that is, you know, a really vital part of it that we can, uh, that I think we're only going to see grow. Yeah. I, I always, um, marvel at the ability of, uh, podcasting and the internet in general to just amplify minority voices. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and actually, on that note for talking about these independent podcasts, is there a podcast that you feel like um, not enough people are listening to? And what podcast is that? You can plug it here. If You can do one of your own if you'd like. Um, what? This is, again, getting back at my, like, what have I not been, <laughs> been listening to? Uh, I mean, I think it's not like people have not been listening to it but i mean like i have just you know i've been loving the new version of the cut uh 99 invisible had an incredible series on homelessness you know taking its audience and introducing it and really diving deep into a uh into a into a world back when i was at the post i was there as the sort of the very beginning of canary was getting started in uh an investigative show uh so i mean there's just there's so much uh that that I truly enjoy uh, and wish I was able to spend more time with. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question here. Uh, what would you recommend to prospective students like myself who are looking into, you know, getting into podcasts and getting into radio? What sort of um, tips would you recommend for people who are looking to do that? I think I would just say, you know, don't wait for somebody to, to tell you to, to that you have to don't wait for a job or an internship or whatever to start making things. But but to learn, there's so much resources, there's so many resources, there's so much community around this. And I think, you know, especially in this moment of the pandemic, when, you know, a lot of trainings, a lot of conferences are going digital, a lot of, you know, the work of, you know, just booking people, people are increasingly used to being able to, to record themselves. A lot of this tech is free or cheap. The iPhone recorder is like kind of a marvel in terms of, you know, just reliably helping you record stuff uh audacity hindenburg reaper are all free or cheap programs i think like don't wait for for people to to uh to to sort of give you permission to start making stuff and then i think you know be ready to pitch stuff be ready to pitch stories or series uh you know somebody you know whether it's a job interview or who's looking to see what you can do wants to know what your ideas are and so start thinking about that uh and that's going to set you up for for some success. All right. Great. That's all I have for uh, on the table for questions. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Totally. Yeah. Glad to, glad to talk to you. This episode of WRBB's Brainwaves was hosted by Caleb Dreisman. This recording wouldn't be possible without the help of Andrew Zendry, WRBB's general manager. 
Special thanks to the WRBB leadership staff, Northeastern University, and Northeastern's Student Activity Fee for funding this podcast. Our theme music is W by Mari Getty. Head to wrbbradio.org where you can find the latest episodes of all of our podcasts, listen to our internet live stream, and read up on the latest music reviews. And make sure to follow us on all social media at WRBB Radio. Thanks for tuning in.